Hi, and welcome back to the monthly podcast series for Transformational Insights, looking at transformational changes that are reshaping our industries today. My name is Faith Forster, the founder of Pinapa, an engagement tool to drive digital transformation. Today, we are honored to be joined by David McLeod, who has an amazing track record in employee engagement. He co-chairs the Engage for Success Task Force launched by the Prime Minister in 2012 and was awarded an OBE for business and employee engagement for his contributions. Thank you for joining us today, David. So firstly, we'll ask, what sparked your passion for effective engagement of employees? Well, thanks very much for uh, asking me to make a few comments. Um, my background is, is sales and marketing, and then going on and running businesses, um, firstly here and then finally globally. And what I noticed was that those who managed to move the organization forward, those who managed to innovate, those who came up with competitive advantage, those who went the extra mile for the, for the, for the customer, um, these, these people moved the business forward. Uh, I didn't use the word engagement in those days. And, and there were others who rather went through the motion. And, and those who really got it uh, and really, really put, their, put their effort were committed to moving the organization forward, these people made a really significant contribution. They came up with, uh, my early career was Dulux, came up with the rose white lily white thing that transformed our position. Uh, they came up with new ways of, of selling our product to the retailers. Uh, we came up with new innovations in subsequent businesses. And they seemed to be happier too. They seemed to have a greater sense of well-being at work. And I noticed that different people at different, or the same people at different times were more or less engaged depending on how they were treated. And so this whole topic seemed to get more and more important. And then, you know, people like Drucker uh, saying that culture eats strategy for breakfast. You know, if people want to make things happen, they happen. And if they're lukewarm about it, they don't tend to happen. So it was my personal involvement in, in marketing, sales, and running businesses that really got me interested in, in the topic from both the perspective of the organization succeeding and from the perspective of the employee and their well-being and their contribution and their sense of satisfaction. So with today, the emergence of social media and more networked way of working, what do you see engagement as or how do you define it with this new style of working that's coming? Well, at its base, what are we really talking about? Because there's something like 64 definitions of this topic last time we looked. I think there's a theme that underlies these, and I think the theme is that there's a level of capability and potential in all of us. And if you put me in one situation, you get a small percentage of it. And if you put me in a different and better situation, you get a much more of it, or maybe all of it willingly offered. That's the theme that underlies this. And of course, social media is giving us more opportunities to find ways of engaging people. But very, very importantly, social media, um, when harnessed well, picks up the other major theme, which is this. You know, people have been educated to expect, we've all now expect a voice. We expect to be listened to. We don't expect to be treated as sort of parent-child. We expect an adult-adult relationship with our employer. And if we don't get it, if we feel we're in a kind of command and control, old-fashioned environment, then typically we don't offer our full capability and potential. So social media is giving us opportunities to address this topic. The lack of deference, if you like, uh, in, in general now, 
means that we have to come up with why we're doing things, involve people in them, uh, so that we have distributed ownership, so that we have agile organisations, and so that we do spot and take advantage of the opportunities that uh, the marketplace and our customers offer us. So with the Engage for Success Task Force, you have the support from some of the most senior people in business here in the UK. So you're regularly in conversations with them. How do they see this as important? What makes it so relevant for them at that top level? Well, of course, it's a very mixed bag, isn't it? Um, Only about a third of employees generally in the UK are engaged. Um, So we've got a hell of a long way to, uh, we've got a hell of a long way to go. When you've last been on um, one of these uh, purchasing sites, you find that virtually every product you're now able to rate. There is feedback continuously on our products and our services. The customer increasingly has ways to make their demands known and their feedback relevant to us. So we need empowered employees able to deal with these demands from our customers who really do own the fact that we need to give outstanding service and to give excellent products and indeed in the, in the public sector to give excellent services for which, we, which we're paying. So the environment we're in is more competitive and with a greater level of demand from the citizen and from the customer. Now, if we're running businesses, we need to recognize this. And having recognized it, it's a very short step in logic to say, well, it's our people who give excellent service. It's our people who come up with innovation. And if they're engaged, they do that one hell of a lot better than if they're lukewarm or only partially engaged. So for running businesses, we want all our people to own our vision for the future, all our people to own great customer service, all our people to own the the task of innovating to find uh, more efficient ways of doing things and to find new sources of uh, competitive advantage. So it's central to success. And frankly, there's a lot of evidence of a correlation between employee engagement and better organisational outcomes. But frankly, common sense is pretty much there, isn't it? I mean, just just look around us. Who in our organisations are moving things forward? It's those, let's not overuse the word engaged, but those who are committed, who care, who understand, who have a sense of common ownership. They're the ones who are taking the business forward. And uh, most people are capable of being in that state if we tend to their well-being, we involve them. In fact, in our report, we came up with four things that are typically present in organisations that, that are doing this uh, well. Well, actually, if you could share a little bit more about the report, what is it that made the government recognise the need for some research or a, a report, and the McLeod report was the output, as part of their productivity agenda? And what were some of the key findings? Well, it was um, Biz, the department, that uh, put uh, Nita Clark and I together to, uh, to write this report, and we spent a year going round all sorts of organisations because it was done on behalf of the government, then doors open, and uh, we talked extensively to a whole range of organisations and individuals uh, to try and answer three questions. What is it? Is there any, ev- any evidence it matters? And if there is, what, as it turned out, were four things present in most organisations that seem to be doing this well? And we try to write it uh, in a readable, accessible way, not too uh, dry as some business books are. The thing that struck us was, uh, some of the things I've been talking about earlier on in this, in this discussion, 
around the context, but that organizations doing it well, you know, they do have a narrative that the majority of people own, a story, if you like, about where we've been, where we are, and where we aspire to go in the future that I can preferably relate my job to in some way. I have an ownership of. And once you have that ownership, by the way, KPIs are there to rejoice in progress and to ensure that we all feel we're moving towards our vision rather than something to, to beat people up with. We found that given ev just about everybody's got a boss, we found that these bosses, these managers, were treating their people in some themed ways that really struck us. They were clear about what, what was expected and gave people some latitude to bring themselves to it rather than just following a rote process. People felt treated as a human being, not just a human resource. Um, and there's all sorts of ways of uh, ensuring that that's, that's the case with really thinking about the training people need, perhaps thinking about childcare issues and can they come a bit later in various days and start, stay a bit later or may be possible, may not be possible, that people have particular desires to explore uh, other parts and functions of the organisation and that people are coaching, these managers are coaching their people continuously, mostly through a positive lens, you know, authentic, positive feedback. We're not very good at that. We need to get a hell of a lot better and uh, not walking past dysfunctional behaviour. Then there's also, um, we found, employee voices present in organisations that do this well. You know, if you want to diminish people, it's very simple. Ignore them. If you want people to feel a part of the organisation ownership, then listen to their views. No one expects democracy, but they do expect to be listened to. And social media, picking up your other point, Faith, there's all sorts of ways of doing it these days that weren't available in the past. And by the way, it's the cheapest smoke alarm you'll ever have. If something's going wrong in the organisation and things go wrong, are they caught when they're small issues because there's voice through the organisation? Or are they caught when they're enormous issues and you only have to pick up uh, the newspaper to, uh, to look at some huge examples of that going on at the moment? And finally, most organisations have values on the wall. The question is, are those values on the wall reflected in the behaviours I see amongst my bosses and my colleagues? If they are, if those behaviours and values overlap, you get trust. And if you get trust, everything happens much more quickly. And if there's distrust, then everyone's holding back, waiting till they're absolutely convinced this is the way things are going. Everything takes forever and there's never enough resource. A trusting organisation is a really great place to work. So we call that integrity. So, you know, those simple non-rocket science points of do I know where we're going, am I well managed, does my voice count, and is there very little say-do gap, those things are present in organisations that uh, seem to be doing this well. They're useful lenses to apply rather than a kind of straitjacket approach to the topic, which typically doesn't work because then it's someone else's approach. The comment you made about the values on the wall I think is quite a good example of this. Often employee engagement is seen as something that's separate from actual business or day-to-day -day operations. What's your view on this and how is this something that you're using with the Engagement Success Task Force trying to overcome in helping understand the value? Yes, that's, that's a great question. Well, look, some years ago, this would be a very small topic if it ever emerged the top table. Now at least you can talk about it. The topic is out there. And uh, it's out there in two forms, though. It's out there, uh, one might describe as transactionally, which is we do a survey, we feed that back to 10 or more to protect anonymity, and we expect people to act on the findings. That's fine. Look, that's helpful. 
But there's a much smaller group of organisations where this isn't another activity. This isn't something to add to your already far too long action list. This is actually how we do what we do. This requires a view that our people are the solution to the challenges we've got, whether it be to enter new markets or come up with new technologies or deal with customer challenges or opportunities. The first thought is, Christ, let's get our people together to decide how best to overcome this or to seize this opportunity. And the word employee engagement might never be used. It's just a deep-seated sense of the way we do things around here is to harness the full capability and potential of our people in the challenges and the opportunities that lie ahead of us. And if it's seen as an additional activity, you might get some, probably will get some benefits, but you won't get the level of benefit that when it ends up in that other form of view, which we might broadly describe as transformational. Our people, in other words, are seen as the solution, not the issue or problem to, uh, to be managed. Yeah, some lovely words there. I think some great nuggets of wisdom and also inspirational words for anyone looking for a better way to do business. Thank you so much for your time, David. We really appreciate you sharing your, your experiences and your findings from the work you've been doing. Pleasure. Good luck. Keep up the good work. I hope you enjoyed another insightful podcast for Transformational Insights. In the coming months, we'll be interviewing Stowe Boyd, the Research Director for GigaOM, and Mike Bracken, who until recently led the digital agenda for the UK central government and is now Chief Digital Officer for the Co-op Group. I hope you can join us then.